Welcome everyone to another episode of A Sister and Her Mister. Today we have with us a fellow sister, Heather Marie. She has followed our PCOS weight loss method and lost 30 pounds with PCOS. She went gluten and dairy free. And after years of calorie restrictive diets and doing intense workouts, she's finally thriving with PCOS. With a couple months of consistency, she was able to lose 20 pounds. And after getting her thyroid under control, one of her PCOS root causes, she was able to lose 10 more pounds. Today, we're going to talk about Heather's journey and how she changed her diet and lifestyle to heal the root causes of her PCOS. Doctor said you got PCOS, now go on girl, just lose some weight. Till I took the symptoms into my own hands and reversed them naturally. So I became a dietitian and helped my sisters feel the best they've ever felt. If you wanna prove them wrong and take control of yourself, join a sister and a mister. Welcome, Welcome, Heather. Welcome. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. We we loved having you on our Instagram live. For listeners uh, who are listening, we had Heather join us on Instagram live and she gave a little bit of her experience with PCOS, but today we're gonna go a little bit more in depth. So welcome, Heather. We're very happy to have you. Thank you so much. So I guess we should just get started with the start of your journey, how you were diagnosed. I think you had a little bit of a similar start with your ovarian cyst rupturing, similar to what happened to Tallinn. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Yeah, I had a ruptured ovarian cyst too. I was around 18, I think. Okay, so when I was 15, I had a ruptured ovarian cyst. It was very painful and I went to the hospital. They looked and they were like, well, um, this is what it looks like. And... I went to my OB, OBGYN, and they mm-hmm. said that I should go on birth control to help regulate everything. And that the specific type of birth control I was on would help ovarian cysts not occur. Unfortunately, I feel like that masked a lot of my symptoms so that I could be properly diagnosed with PCOS. And I, that didn't stop me from having the symptoms of waking mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that I was having. Um, all it did was eventually I stopped having a period. And um, I stopped having a regular menstrual cycle and that alone had its own challenges because, you know, you have birth control is controlling your menstruation and, yeah, and, you know, I, I don't really remember the side effects that I had because it was such a long time ago, but I do remember not being happy with it. And I felt like maybe the birth control was making me gain weight. But now that I'm looking back with the knowledge that I have, thanks to you guys, I really think that it was my PCOS. Yeah. Birth control can mask some symptoms, but not every single symptom. You know, sometimes we'll still struggle with a couple of the PCOS symptoms, even if we decide to take birth control. But do you feel like you were armed with the knowledge about birth control when you were handed it? Or was it just like, here, take this? So I believe I was told that it would help me with acne. And I don't remember struggling that much with acne back then. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe some slight forehead acne because I had bangs. I do remember that my periods were very painful and very heavy, but it was like that from when I first started menstruating at like 11. So I just thought that was Mm -hmm. normal. Mm -hmm. And um, when I stopped having a cycle, I was happy (laughs) because I didn't have to deal with the pain anymore. Yeah. And what was the turning point when you decided to get off the pill? Actually, when I um, got off the pill was when I had already um, decided that we wanted to have a child. So it was after ups and downs, after the calorie restriction, after all of a few things that we talked about in the live, um, after my wedding, a few years after that, we decided to expand our family. And yeah, so I stopped taking birth control around that time. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so it sounds like you took it for like a couple of years or a pretty long time. Oh, I took it for probably 10 years. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. And, yeah. and it was like, probably like, Hey, let's, let's try to conceive. And I just went off and then we tried. And then it was like, I'm now knowing that I had PCOS, it was a miracle baby because I was pregnant and then my pregnancy was wonderful. I didn't have any issues aside from some healing complications afterwards. Um, and then I breastfed and I wasn't on the pill because I was breastfeeding and I didn't want to add anything else to my body. I just felt very, I felt very pushed to do things the natural way. So, um, I started to have, I think, you know, after you give birth, I don't 
sorry, Sirak, <laughs> but after you give birth, you tend to bleed for a long time. And so it was like a few months of that. Um, it's not a regular menstruation. It's just something that happens after you give birth. So it was several months of that. And then that stopped. And then I didn't have a regular period until probably over a year after I gave birth because I was still um, breastfeeding. But then when I did get it back, it was very painful. There was months where it would be like, it would be way over the 30 days and I'm waiting for it to come. And then it would last two weeks. Um, it, it was just irregular. It was painful. It's awful. That sounds awful. Did you feel like when you, oh, and by the way, you can say anything like I am, I'm like part of the sisterhood, so you can make, you can act like, um, yeah, no shame. Yeah. Who cares? But, uh, anyway, I was going to say, did you feel like when you got off of birth control that the symptoms or like all the symptoms were worse than when you, before you got on it? Cause that a lot of people would, a lot of people experience that kind of, uh, that nature when they got off of birth control, it feels like it just comes back full force, if not worse. Well, when I got off birth control, I was pregnant. So that's kind of hard to say because I had pregnancy hormones. I had a great pregnancy. I didn't that's great. That's great. have weird, pre- I didn't have weird cravings and have any complications. It was a great pregnancy. So yeah. really feeling the effect of what that was like, I would have to say would be after a, a, almost a year after my son was born. So yeah, I just remember eventually telling my husband, like this hurts, it's inconsistent, it's painful. I thought mm-hmm. I remember it being regular. And he was like, well, you've been on birth control since you were like, how old? And I was like, yeah. So I only had like a few years of regular menstruation cycle. And by when you're early teens, it's going to be weird anyway. So I didn't really Mm -hmm. know what a regular menstruation cycle was like. And I was like, I guess this is just normal for me. It's normal to be in extreme amounts of pain. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It didn't feel as bad as when I had an ovarian cyst burst, although it was very painful. So I didn't think anything was wrong with me. And I didn't bother looking into it. I was just fine with being physically miserable because <laughs> spiritually, emotionally, I was great. I didn't have because before with my thyroid condition, I did have struggles with anxiety and depression, depending on my thyroid levels. And it wasn't until a few months ago that I realized it was because of my thyroid levels, looking back at patterns and mm-hmm. um, fixing that recently. But yeah, I figured like, it's just probably normal. So you were on birth control and you were trying to lose weight, but you had no idea that you had this thyroid issue. You had no idea some of the root issues of your PCOS because the birth control was masking it. So what were some of the things that you were doing to lose weight with PCOS while on the pill? Because I'm sure so many women listening can relate to all your symptoms and struggles. So when I was in high school, I was in cheerleading and we did those slow workouts, you know, where we would sit outside and we would do, you know, 30, 60, 90s and push-ups and, you know, all the things that cheerleaders do very similar to what we do with our slow weighted workouts with the, with the sisterhood. And if anybody who's a cheerleader or a gymnast, you know, that's just typical. So I would actually be okay during the school year. Cause I would wake up on a regular schedule. I would eat lunch at a regular time and I would do, um, healthy workouts for me for my PCOS body, even though I didn't know I had a PCOS body. So in the summer I would be like, okay, great. Now I can, um, because I was never really happy with my weight, even though I was very healthy weight. I think when I was a freshman, I was like 135 and I'm five, six and a half. So looking back, I'm like, I'm very healthy, but I wanted to be healthier. Mm. So I would, um, do a lot of cardio, do a lot of Zumba dancing, belly dancing. And I was like, now I have time to focus on diet. I have time to count calories. I have time to do this stuff. So then I ended up gaining 10 pounds every year, mm-hmm. not realizing that inconsistencies with my sleeping with my, you know, cause I thought if I stayed up till late at night doing crutches and sacrifice sleep, that that would actually help me, but it didn't. So actually better than when I thought I had more control over what I was doing in the summer. And yes. School. Did you say you were doing like crunches late at night? Is that what you yeah. said? Yeah, yeah. See, that's probably because when you said earlier, you were waking up early, having lunch at the right time. Like that's like a, you were probably putting your body in like a really good schedule, you know, like helping with the, helping with the cortisol levels in the morning, helping them get lower over the day. Mm-hmm. That's a great schedule for your body. But then it sounds like later on you, you tried to incorporate workouts late in the evening that probably yeah. raise your cortisol in the evening. Probably you woke up feeling fatigued, right? Or yeah. tired. Even as an adult, and this was in high school, but, and the reason why I talk about high school is because when I was 19 is when I lost a lot of weight. Um, But Mm -hmm. even after that, as an adult, after having my child, um, I got a Fitbit and I thought that that would help. And 
I feel like it did in a way because it made me more cognizant of what I was eating. But looking back, it was not nearly as healthy as what I do now, thanks to you guys. But the Fitbit, I would, you know, and there's challenges on there and you can do step challenges. And um, so I would be like, okay, maybe I'm just not pushing myself hard enough. So I was very busy during the day. I was a teacher and um, this is after I had my son. I'm in my mid twenties and I was a teacher. I was breastfeeding. I was, you know, it was very, very, very busy all day and all yeah. night. So the only time I had time to work out and I, I was actually a TV productions teacher at this time. So my classroom was very narrow, very small, filled with computers, mm-hmm. very hot. I had no time. I couldn't move around my classroom like mm-hmm. I was before. It was very difficult to exercise and try to lose some of the baby weight. Um, I actually only stayed teaching for like a month or two after I had my child. And then I decided to work from home afterwards. But even then, like I couldn't get anything in. So what I would do is after my busy day, I would just run around my living room. I would walk in circles, you know, and I would get a sweat and my heart rate would go up, but I would be, it would be like, I have to do this before midnight. And sometimes I would Mm. get those 10,000 steps in before midnight. And then I just couldn't do it. I was so tired. And I was like, maybe I'll just do 5,000. And then some days I couldn't even do 5,000 steps. Yeah. I had no energy. It was awful. It sounds like your circadian rhythm was completely off because of your schedule and when you're that's working a, that's out. such a hard schedule to have you know yeah. you have you have a baby you're going to work yeah you're trying meanwhile you're trying to look after yourself with diet and lifestyle it's like so many things happening mm-hmm. the, the level of stress must have been really very high and even before that when you were talking about the summertime like just waking up late you know maybe having a later lunch or not having lunch or working yes. out at night these types of things you can't even imagine would affect your weight loss process so much more as well as other symptoms. Yeah. And other symptoms too. So much more than anyone without PCOS. Yes. And I, I see that now I still struggle with that because I'm a night owl. I, um, I, I forgot there was this term that I learned on TikTok or Instagram where you don't have any alone time during the day. So mm-hmm. you force yourself to have alone time at night in almost a passive aggressive way. Like, <laughs> like I know going... that it's, even though that I know it's going to hurt my body, it's, <laughs> you know, it's going to make me gain weight. It's going to make me irritable. I need to have that alone time. I, even if it means I have to stay up until 11 o'clock and I, and I know my son's going to wake up at six or seven, even if it means I'm going to only get five hours of sleep. I need to have that alone time, even though I know that it's going to make it worse for me. So that's mm-hmm. something that I still struggle with because, um, on the days where my husband has off, I can sleep in. And that's the days where I get up and go on the scale and I've lost two pounds suddenly because I've got eight hours of sleep. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. how just like one little adjustment, even though maybe you haven't made changes to something else that one adjustment with sleep has like the biggest impact. Right. I lost 30 pounds last. I was 30 pounds down last week and the same thing. Amazing. Great five job. Hours, six hours. Thank you. I was sleeping five, six hours. And then today I just got to sleep in and now I'm down two pounds. <laughs> yeah. so I feel like I'm still losing it, but my body, because of the fatigue and because of what I'm choosing to do, it holds on to that weight. And yeah. so it's something that I know that I have to do. So at least I have the knowledge, mm-hmm. um, but it's something that I have to work on with my will because I have to, I have to put my physical health first over my mental health. Yeah. When I mean mental sure. health, I mean alone time, being able yeah. to watch certain TV shows that I can't with a four-year-old around, things like yeah. that. Did you hear about that sister who took Ovacetol and finally got her period after a year of not having one? Incredible. I see those kinds of messages on Instagram a lot. How does that even happen? Well, Ovacetol helps with healing insulin resistance, a common root issue that most PCOS sisters have. And by targeting insulin resistance, we're seeing sisters kick those crazy cravings, finally regulate their periods, ovulate, and improve their egg quality. Each packet of Ovacetol has a 40 to 1 ratio of myo-inositol and d inositol This ratio is similar to the ratio that should be found in the body. But with women like me who have PCOS, this ratio is often imbalanced. So taking Ovacetol can be super effective in treating insulin resistance starting from the root of the issue. So awesome. It tastes like nothing. So just warn me when you put it in a cup so I don't drink it. You got it, boo. Check out the link in the description to get 15% off your order. 
Are you trying to conceive? When you're in the process of baby making, you don't want to take a prenatal that's designed for a woman who's pregnant. They get expensive and have ingredients you don't need quite yet. Theranatal Core is a prenatal focused on women who are trying to conceive. It contains the active form of folic acid, folate, as well as 2,000 IUs of vitamin D. Also, it doesn't have any expensive ingredients that you don't need until you're pregnant. Theralogix's prenatal, Theranatal Core, is especially for women with PCOS who are in the process of baby making. Check the link in the description for our 15% off code. By the way, Talia was smiling at me while you were talking about the alone time because I feel, and I feel both of us make this, uh, make the same, I don't, I don't want to say mistake because it's, because it's like a human nature. We want to have right. that alone time. I do the same thing in the evening where I'll stay up maybe a little bit too late after Talia goes to sleep because I just want to watch that extra little TV show and just like, because I didn't Relish get- Relish in the silence. But not, it's not even that, like it's all day we're working and yeah. then we work out. Like you don't have that moment to just like watch tv and like just like zone out and i feel like telling you do something similar where you'll like go on your phone on yeah because all day again you're like working and stuff so at night you want to just like hop on your personal instagram yeah. and just look around but it's late. message friends but like i shouldn't be on my phone yeah so we, we had this a similar like struggle like you know with our with our life too like some days so it's it's hard to kind of be um, strict with yourself and tell yourself, okay, yeah. stop watching TV past this time or stop looking at your phone. Like we all struggle with it. So yeah. just find that balance or even find the time to do it during the day, even if it seems impossible, just making yeah. any sort of adjustment can really help you. It must be an introvert thing because I, I, I'm an introvert, even though I'm, when I'm around people that I'm very comfortable with, I'm, I feel like I'm myself and I can talk a lot and have a lot of energy, but mm-hmm. Anyways, so an introvert is somebody who like really needs to have that alone time by themselves, you know, Mm -hmm. if you're somebody who, I mean, just people in general feed off of each other's energy and you're in somebody else's energetic space all day, Yeah, you're sharing space with somebody else, you're just not in your own and you just need to be on your own to charge your own batteries. And it's like, just connect with yourself and be in your own space and say, this is me. This is who I am recharging my own battery instead of sharing my energy my, my battery of energy with other people, whether it's the work, work from yeah. home or taking care of my child, because of course he's four years old, the whole world revolves around him. That's just natural. Yeah. That's every four-year-old, you know, so everything that you give, give, give all day, you need to have that time to recharge. Otherwise you can't give the next day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's such an interesting thing to bring up. I never even thought of it that way how we do it almost passive aggressively. Like I want this moment for myself. And it's almost like a sign that we should be prioritizing our introvertedness or our, um, whatever we feel like doing more throughout the day, instead of waiting until nighttime and not just like suppress, suppress, suppress. And then, okay, finally it's nine o'clock. I have like three hours to myself Mm -hmm. instead of sleeping at 10 or 11 you're like forcing yourself to stay up because you and want to be it, alone. I know it's better when I go to sleep earlier. I know yeah. it, my body shows me it is. My body isn't bloated in the morning. I have a lot more energy, but at the same time, I feel like I've cheated myself out of being able to do something for me. So yeah. it's, just, it's, it's self versus self. <laughs> that, yeah, that's a tough part. Cause you know, you're like, you're not really missing out on anything if you don't watch something or whatever, but right. it's so true. Like you feel like if you do go to sleep, you're kind of like, quote unquote, losing out on life. Yeah. You're not able to get the full experience from your day, but you're giving and giving and giving to everyone all yeah. day. You just wanted a couple hours to yourself and you're <laughs> like cutting it short and then you're, you're annoyed, you know? Yeah. So when I was 19 is when I started at eight, well, actually 18, but going on 19 is when I was in college and I started my own schedule. So mm-hmm. I, I only had school like two days a week. I had a lot of online classes. And again, it was that summer thing again. But um, this time I was like, no, I'm going to commit. It's going to be every day. And I decided to commit to 1200 calorie restriction. And I lost over 40. I think I made like 188 when I graduated high school. Because remember, I told you I gained like at least 10 pounds every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I went from 188 in May to, I want to say sometime in fall 139. And I was mm-hmm. very thin. I was happy. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to try to tone and um, maybe join a gym. I joined a gym after I lost the weight before mm-hmm. the new calorie restriction. Cause I noticed that I would do Zumba workouts because I think I had a Wii Fit or something like that. And maybe the Zumba DVD, there wasn't a lot of things on YouTube back then in um, like 2000, 
2011, 2012, there wasn't a lot of things online. So I was just doing the same things over and over again. And I would notice that I wouldn't lose any weight. So I was like, I'm just going to, maybe I'm just not focusing hard enough on the diet when I take the time to do a 30 minute workout. So I really didn't exercise at all during those six months. And I just did calorie restriction. And then I thought, okay, now's the time to work out so that I can add more calories in and just be a normal person. <laughs> Like everybody else who walks the street and just, you know, is in a healthy BMI range. And okay, um, that didn't work. That I what happened? Slowly, it slowly crept up again. It was temporary. It was very temporary because I would, I would, you know, and then I that's around the time when I met my husband. So and he wanted to treat me. So every, every he was actually a cook at the time. He was a cook for Ooh. ten years, which is fantastic because now my mister makes all my gluten free and dairy free meals. Oh, that's he amazing! Um, he's awesome. But at the time, he was cooking all day, and he didn't want to cook when he came home. So we would just go out to eat. And then when we moved in together, it was just more going out to eat, even though we planned like, okay, we're going to eat at home and this mm-hmm. kind of thing. I was not like, I'm still not a cook. I'm not very good at cooking. Um, (laughs) I'm just, my brain just works in amazing ways, but cooking, it's like a brick wall. You can tell me and I'll just stare blankly at you. And I, my brain doesn't process it. So what I would do is I would make sandwiches. I would make things that were like really easy that didn't involve like, um, and also I was, I'm, I'm I'm a vegetarian. Well, actually I would just eat chicken at the time. Mm-hmm. And, and um, sometimes fish, but not really. Now it's more chicken and fish, a lot more salmon. Oh, that's great. More, um, because of the gluten-free and dairy-free diet, I'm craving more healthier foods and I'm trying more things within my range of not eating red meat. I've just nice. that I've done since I was like 13. And so, you know, I had a very limited diet anyways, and I have some food allergies. So I would just get um, frozen meals. And those things, you know, they have all that sodium in them, but it was easy to calorie count. And even after my son was born, I would grab those frozen meals when I was trying to diet because with my fitness pal, that's an app, you can scan the box, download everything. And I was able to look at my macros that way and my calories. And I would lose like 10 pounds here and there, but then it would just stop. And it was so frustrating and exhausting. And I it just, is exhausting to count and count and meticulously count. Your husband's trying to make you this delicious food and you're like, should I eat it? Should I not eat it? Yeah. You know, you want to count it all. We actually scanned all the food that he would make. So wow. for dinner, so for dinner, I would sit there and I would scan everything and um, we would do it together and he would put it in his and we would just copy and paste and share each other that way, which is really great. But I remember thinking there was something something I was missing. Like it was going to be simple, whatever it was. I just remember thinking it shouldn't be this hard. I look around and I see other people who say they struggle with weight and I'm sure I'm not going to discount anybody else's perception, but there's people who I thought were very, very thin. Like they've never, ever been overweight on according to the, I know the BMI is bad and I keep, yeah, yeah. but in my, in my brain where I'm telling myself these things and I'm like, those people have never, ever been anywhere near the overweight side of that. So Mm -hmm. I was like, what are they doing that I'm not doing? They're eating the same things as me. Yeah. They're eating, you know, salads and I'm doing all these things. And why is it not working? The question is, why isn't my metabolism functioning properly? Well, that's, you know, that's the root of the issue. That is the root of the issue. Not the calories, you know, counting the calories. It's like, are you going to count calories till you're 80 years old, you know, Mm -hmm. to keep your weight down? Or are you going to prioritize figuring out what is triggering your metabolism to be so slow? Is it sleep? Is it what time you're waking up? Is it how many hours of sleep you're getting? How stressed you are? What types of workouts you're doing? Gluten, dairy, insulin insulin resistance. And at the end of the day, a water. Yeah. Yeah. And at the end of the day, all of those things affect the insulin hormone, like CX just said, Mm -hmm. because if that insulin hormone is high all the time, you're never going to be in fat burning mode. You're not going to be able to metabolize what you're eating. Yeah. It's like you're, you're running up a hill. It's Mm -hmm. like, you're, it's like, even though you're trying your best, you're running up a hill, like everything else could be working against you in terms of insulin, making you harder to lose weight. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I was actually diagnosed with my hypothyroidism disorder. Oh, okay. So when I was 18, 19, I was like 139 and then slowly gained back. And about that time it gained back. Um, my grandmother was in hospice and it was a very, very sad time for us. Mm -hmm. And um, she passed away and I was in between going to doctors for a few different things. My regular doctor said I was diagnosed with anxiety and mild depression, which is true. My symptoms did fit all that. 
Um, but I also went to um, a thyroid doctor after many, many years of my mom saying, hey, she needs to go to an endocrinologist. I know that mm-hmm. that DSH levels on her blood work aren't showing enough. Um, I can see that she has goiter. She has a lot of the symptoms with the weight gain. My mom finally pushed enough to where my doctor referred me to an endocrinologist and they did a full panel of blood work. My TSH was showing normal levels. My T, I think my T3 was showing normal levels. One of the either T3 or T4, one of those was normal and the other one was way off. Mm-hmm. Regular doctors do not do a full thyroid panel. They just do TSH. They don't do T3 and T4. Yeah, the full and is so important. And, and it, it, my doctor was like, you clearly have hypothyroidism and I can look at that by looking at this paperwork. And it was frustrating for me for all these years. And so I got on the medication and my doctor told me that basically this is a condition where you're going to have increased dosage over time. Cause you're going to gain weight over time and there's nothing you can do about it. My regular doctor was saying you have anxiety and depression. Here's some medication to help you with that. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until nearly 10 years later, which was a few months ago, where I realized through my weight loss journey, because of you guys, that my thyroid levels were dropping and I was having anxiety because I was losing weight. So my thyroid medicine wasn't matched to my blood levels. So basically when you lose weight with hypothyroidism or gain weight with hypothyroidism, your medicine needs to balance out what's happening in your body. Right. All of that weight loss, I started to have basically panic attacks right before I had a normal day. And then right when I lied down, I was like, I can't breathe. And it was like a shock to my system and it was awful. So I I went through two two different waves of that within a month and a half of each other. And I was gaining weight back. My diet was the same. My sleep was the same. Everything was the same that I had been doing with the gluten and dairy free. Um, And then I just called my doctor. I was like, I can't take it anymore. (laughs) I can't Mm. take it. I, this needs to be fixed now. And, um, we had a new doctor at that time who was coming in because they had been trying to find somebody to replace the main doctor that was there um, because he, unfortunately he had passed away. So it took, mm-hmm. a, it, we kept getting many endocrinologists come in and that might've been it, but there was just this perfect moment where the doctor I needed to be was there. And she said, okay, so it looks like from even with your last results, I can tell you that you should have a certain dose Monday through Friday and another dose Saturday through Sunday. And within a few days of doing that, I felt completely normal again. I didn't mm. have anxiety. I didn't have wow. And I thyroid knew, is no joke. I knew it was anxiety and depression from the thyroid because she told me um, both the doctors within this month and a half, they were telling me, okay, so you're going to transition from this medicine to this medicine. And I want you to take 88 one day and 75 one day alternatively. The day where I took 88, I had anxiety before bed. The day I took 75, I was depressed. And I know that a lot of people might think like, oh, well, that happened to me before. And I didn't feel that way. I'm a very sensitive person in general. Mm-hmm. Like I'm very sensitive with all of my senses. And this is just one of them where I was like, I know that this is what it is. So when I finally got that result of taking a certain amount Monday through Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday, since then the weight has just been falling off again. And I know if I have anxiety before bed, then I'll just add an extra day. And that's what that doctor told me. And she said, every 10 to 20 pounds, that's, that might happen. So be aware of that. And I asked that doctor, I said, so does this mean that if I get down to a healthy weight range again, I might not need any hypothyroidism medicine at all. The synthyroid. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, actually it does mean that. Oh, nice. Wow. Amazing. My, the original doctor told me that I'm going to be on this medicine forever. And that's what I heard too. Nothing I can do about it. And so she was like, yeah, you'll need to be tested regularly, of course, because yeah, the condition and maybe you would do a very, very low dose for a while and see how it goes. But it is very possible, not that it happens a lot, but it's possible that that could be yeah. that happen for you if you maintain that. And then this, I'm not going to not do gluten and dairy free. Like I know, right? <laughs> now that you know this. Yeah. Like my, after a couple of months, my husband was like, let's go get Popeye's. And I was like, I don't know. I mean, I'm like, I don't know. Like, I is want it worth it? it? And then we had it and my stomach hurt so bad. Yeah. For like 24 hours. It hurt so bad. I was like this. I can't believe I felt like this all the time. And I did feel like that. It wasn't because I was on a healthy diet now uh-huh. Uh-huh. and that was unhealthy. It's because that's how my body always reacts to that. Wow. And I'm just yeah. now aware of it. Yeah. You don't realize that feeling until you actually cut it out and, and then taste it again. And you're like, Oh, that's that feeling that I didn't have that I didn't have Mm -hmm. the last 30 days. Now I have it again. It's the gluten right there. Normal because if I had a healthy sandwich, 
Or if yeah. I had a, a fried chicken sandwich, I would feel the same. It's the gluten that was attacking my thyroid, like yeah. you mentioned on the live. Where yeah, through something called molecular mimicry, studies show that your body if you're gluten sensitive, it detects the gluten as an invader and the gluten looks like the thyroid molecule through molecular mimicry. So when your body attacks gluten, it's also attacking your thyroid. So if you're gluten sensitive and you have a thyroid issue, every time you're eating gluten, or if you don't have a thyroid issue, every time you're eating gluten, it's attacking your thyroid and affecting your ability to lose weight as a result and multiple other symptoms, but weight loss being one of them. And then when you eat dairy, that spikes insulin and having high insulin levels also attacks your thyroid. Mm -hmm. So yeah. either one can be triggering for thyroid issues. One of the root causes of PCOS. And I had so many symptoms that were resolved yeah. by going gluten dairy free that I had no idea. I mean, at first I wasn't perfect. I would drink those premier protein shakes because I mm -hmm. need protein and um, I had no idea that had dairy in it. And I felt so silly. Like I would drink it and I, my throat would like gag. And I, and I, I would always joke and say that I was lactose intolerant because of the tummy issues I would have after having dairy, mm -hmm. like yeah. if I had a milkshake or something like that. But like, I really like my knew I was lactose intolerant, but I kept eating the lactose and not that I'm lactose intolerant, but that the dairy was bad for my PCOS. That was the language I should have been telling myself, but I didn't know I was diagnosed with PCOS until the end of March of this year. So my whole uh -huh. life, I was like, oh, it's lactose intolerant. There's nothing I can do about it. It doesn't affect my body any other way except a stomachache. But that's not true. Well, it's a sign. Like a stomachache is a sign of yeah. like more issues like bloating or there's like inflammation happening. Mm -hmm. Like it's a sign mm -hmm. of something. Yeah. So what else did you find that the gluten dairy-free helped you with? I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. I was no worries. just thinking about... Uh, the strawberry milkshake. I wish that I could. <laughs> <Are you laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I wish I could have one. Um, no, I, I wouldn't have one if I, it, it's totally you not can worth still, it. You know what? Speaking of strawberry, I'm going to sidetrack. Like, honestly, you can have anything with a, in like a dairy free, free version of it. You can yes. have anything that's dairy that has dairy in it, but dairy free, like go to, to your that. kitchen blend up some coconut milk with fresh strawberries, like a <laughs> teaspoon of vanilla. Yeah. And there you go. A yeah. strawberry shake. No big deal. So, yeah. Okay. So at, at first I didn't realize I was consuming dairy. I was like, Oh, I'm dairy. I'm gluten dairy free. And I actually made a full, an album on Facebook where I'm like PCOS, my PCOS journey. And I'm just going to post everything. And I scroll back and I'm looking at myself eating these pre-made salads with cheese in them and the <laughs> I'm holding up this premiere shake, like smile, look at me. I'm doing the right thing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I, <laughs> I had no idea that I had dairy in it. I had no idea that dressing had gluten in it. I felt so silly, but eventually okay. I kept watching your posts and, um, you just kept putting it in my mind to check for things. And so mm -hmm. eventually I checked it. I think one day I drank a shake and I felt like my throat was closing up and I'm like, what is happening to me? And I think it's because I was eliminating dairy, um, pretty much 99% other than the shake and some mm -hmm. salad. And I think I was having like some sort of mild allergic reaction. And I looked at the container. I'm like, is there something in here that I didn't realize? And I'm like, Oh, there's milk in this. <laughs> so <laughs> at that day I was like, no, I'm, you know, my husband can drink this. I'm not drinking it anymore. And I found, um, it's called only what you need. Oh yeah. yeah. It toes on the life too. Yeah. Yes. It's allergen free, nut free. You know, if you have any sort of allergens, it's got no allergens in it. Um, it's got no um, synthetic things in it. It's got no dairy. It's got new, no gluten. It's, and they have a few different flavors, but I drink the dark chocolate and I knew that dark chocolate was good because you guys had mentioned that, but I got to say my whole life, I, I hated dark chocolate, but after my PCOS diagnosis and I started removing those things from my diet, and I um, mm -hmm. tried dark chocolate. It's delicious. I didn't. Realize, I know, right? Like all all the healthy food is actually delicious, and all the yeah. gross food is not delicious. I was training my body to think that unhealthy food was good for me just because the calories were low. I had no idea. Yeah. If in fact, like a lot of those foods, they they'll say something like low fat, low calorie, but in fact, they're actually missing the vital nutrients, and and they have mm -hmm. probably more sugar, things like that. Yeah. But it's just like, honestly, it's also, we were just Googling. Yeah. Yeah. Talia, Talia was looking up only what you need protein. I mean, I pulled up the protein shake. The chocolate one has monk fruit extract in it. 
I mean, I personally don't suggest okay. sweeteners, but if it's working for you and yeah. you feel fine, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. So it does have artificial sweeteners in it. I just didn't understand the language of it. It's a natural sweetener, actually, monk fruit extract, but okay. it still has the insulin effect. It can really spike your any um, sweetener that's like a thousand times sweeter than sugar, like the taste of it can spike your insulin levels, like trick your body into thinking that you're eating sugar. Yeah. And that's the problem with PCOS. So yeah. And it's also individual to each person. So like if it's, if you're drinking it and you feel fine, it's it's helping, you don't feel any side effects and continue, but yeah. You know what? I, (laughs) that makes sense. And I'll, I'll tell you why. When I drink one, I feel great. Then, you know, they say that you should have like 60 grams, at least of protein a day, if not more, you know, there's some people who say they should have 200 grams of protein. I'm like, how many, how many eggs are you there? Like, how how do you get that? I don't know. I don't eat red meat. So I don't, I don't know, but I don't even know if protein's in red meat. What am I talking about? But like, how are you getting that protein? And I was like, maybe I look up like just protein supplements or whatever, like powders or something. And I was like, you know what, why don't I just drink two of my shakes a day? And cause that would make it 40 grams of protein total. And then with my dinner and my lunch, because what I learned to do was that I would have um, leftovers for lunch and that's just the easiest way to do it so that you only have to worry about one meal a day. And you know that yeah. the next day is going to be gluten and dairy free. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's really what has helped kick off everything the most is having leftovers for lunch every day. Yeah, from dinner, from the from the night yeah, before. That's right? yeah. the key. We, we do the same thing yeah. basically every day. That's like our process. Yeah. We have we use dinner for the next day's lunch. I I think I saw you guys do that, and I think that's what sparked that idea. Because you get I watch our stories, and I'm like, oh, they're doing this, and I didn't really put it together at the moment of this is what I'm going to do because of them. But I kept seeing you do it, and then eventually it was something that I decided to do. So if you guys haven't been watching their stories and watching their. <laughs> You need to do it every day because even though it might, even though you think like, oh, this isn't going to change my life right now, there are these little seeds of wisdom that they drop every day that will just become a natural thing for you. Oh, thank you. Apply to your life, and that's what happened to me. So, um, I think I remember I was watching something that said I need more protein, so I did drink two shanks for breakfast, and I felt exactly what you're talking about, where it was like wait a minute, I feel worse with this. I don't feel better. So I just come mm. back to one again and yeah. I didn't have any problems. And I only did it for a few days, but mm-hmm. I do remember feeling like, like I had just had a coffee or something. Oh, like, I see. I see. Yeah. 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 If you, if you're looking to get enough protein in your diet, it could be as simple as having like three or four ounces of salmon with dinner yeah. and then um, adding like hemp protein to your breakfast, making sure you're having nuts, seeds throughout the day. Yeah. Beans, if you're a vegetarian, beans as your carb option because it's high in protein. Yes. Um, things like that. We have lots of beans and I've been doing rice and gluten-free pasta. And yeah. Everything. Yeah. So tracing back a little bit, because I just remembered, but some of the other symptoms that are better now because of my gluten and dairy-free diet. So I didn't have necessarily a problem with acne, but I did have a problem that developed, I want to say up to a year before my diagnosis, where I would have these like random skin problems. Like mm-hmm. I had developed a skin problem on my scalp and on my thighs. And I was like, what is going on? I don't know what this is. And they were like, like oh, dark skin. Patches. No, but <laughs> it, it's not acne, but it was like acne. Okay. So it was something like that. And it was just like one little thing. So it was like, oh, well maybe you had a scratch and then it like something bad happened like something, you know, got yeah. dirty or whatever, like something like that. That's what the dermatologist told me. Well, since yeah. I went gluten and dairy free, like like, and I remember like, I needed to like, I felt like I needed to shower like five times a day because I kept feeling inflamed. It was inflammation. That oh was, yeah. It was like, um, acne, but not acne, like on my scalp. And then mm-hmm. on my, I, I don't know if it was like, because of shaving bumps or something like that. Like mm-hmm. when you shave, I know Sarah, you don't know, <laughs> but like, I, know, I don't know. Yeah. If, I don't know if, if you have like that problem, <laughs> yeah. but like where it just like, it was inf- like inflammation on my thighs when I would shave yeah. and you would be like, a problem as a result to that. And I didn't yeah. realize that the, the, the dairy was causing these. And so when people say, oh, well, acne is a problem, like acne is a symptom of PCOS. It wasn't acne. It was like some sort of skin you know, rash. Yeah. Something. Well, it could be, I, it could be like skin tags. It could be like dark skin patches, which are also like a symptom yeah. of insulin resistance as well as inflammation. It was, just from- like a, it was like an infection. It was like some yeah. sort mm-hmm. of infection, like on my scalp that I had. 
it's not was, unusual to have was, skin oh, issues. It was, like a cyst. it was a cyst. It was, it was mm. like a, it was a cyst, but it wasn't oh. acne, but it was like yeah. inflamed too. And there was like, there were like, I don't know. Well, they just gave me cream to put on it. And then, yeah. Yeah. Know. You can yeah. probably edit this out of there because it's really, sounds no, like, no, no. <laughs> sounds like it's grosser than it is, but like, it's like, it was like, sure. it's okay. It was like Honestly, cyst, cyst that happened. And then I had the same issue with my, my breast. I had a cyst there too. And then I had a cyst on my leg. So that's yeah. the word I was looking for. But like, yeah, it was a cyst on my breast and on my thigh and on my head. And it was different times. And I went to the dermatologist. I went to the breast cancer center uh-huh. and they were like, it's just. So it sounds like after you went gluten and dairy free, it didn't happen again. No, no, it, it went mm-hmm. away. My cyst went away, yeah. my breast, went away my thigh. I have a scar on my, on my scalp still, because I was like, you know, when you wash your hair, like you're touching it and things like yeah. that. But like, so the cyst that I was like getting, like, I thought I was, cause my paternal grandmother who's still here, she has breast cancer and it was happening around the time she got diagnosed. So mm-hmm. I was really scared that that's what was, and it was, the it's same scary. Felt a bump. Yeah. It just happened to me the same week that she felt a bump. So, um, they, they gave me a pamphlet and they said, um, try not to eat chocolate, try not to drink caffeine and that won't happen. And I was like, okay, but I don't know. And I, I don't I know. It's inflammation. Yeah. So that's what they told me. And, um, I think I stopped drinking. No, I didn't. I didn't stop drinking caffeine. It wasn't until I got my PCOS diagnosis. And it that was like, I want to say two months after that. So I still had the cyst in my breast. I still had the cyst in my thigh. I still had the cyst in my head. And, um, I got the PCOS diagnosis. My friend Lacey sent me your page and oh. you said to cut out caffeine, gluten, and dairy. And day one, I cut out caffeine and I didn't have a caffeine withdrawal headache at all. Oh, good. Wow. Um, my cyst in my breast, I have no idea when it went away. I just know it's gone. It's not there mm-hmm. anymore. And it was, it was passed. Wow. I didn't wow. have Amazing. any more issues with the cyst on my thigh, um, up on my scalp. I just have like, like it's, it's healed, but it's, it's uncomfortable, but it's, it's healed. Like mm-hmm. it's, that part, right. it's gone. I stopped having migraines weekly. I stopped having daily headaches. I stopped having digestive IBS issues. Um, That's amazing. I had so many things. I, mean, and I, also, I also started drinking a gallon of water a day too and realized how dehydrated I was. And I think Yeah, water plays a big part. Yeah, I had no idea how dehydrated I was until I started drinking a gallon of water a day. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, I, I, know, <laughs> I had no idea. So like just the combination of the gluten and dairy-free and then drinking a gallon of water a day and then the stop drinking of the caffeine, um, avoiding soy when I could, all of those factors helped with that part. So it's, it's interesting because everybody's PCOS experience is different. Like I didn't have problems with acne, mm-hmm. but I had random cysts that would pop up and they would get inflamed. I like didn't have problems with, um, a period my whole life because I was on birth control. Mm-hmm. And I stopped having a period. And then when it came back, I was like, okay, well, I think I remember that being this painful, like from my first one, when I was like 11 or 12. So yeah, because I hadn't had one for over a decade because of the pill. So yeah. I was like, hey, maybe this is normal. It's not as painful as when I had the ovarian cysts occur. Maybe I just have migraines because of another reason. I don't know. And I just, I kept telling, like, it's what the doctors would say to me. Yeah, there's a lot of confusion. It was also, yeah, from everything you're describing, like, it just goes to show how much of a spectrum PCOS is, meaning that. Yeah a lot of people will experience either period irregularities or people will experience no period issues. People will experience acne, but other people will experience no acne. Some people have hair loss. Some people have facial hair. It's just such a spectrum of symptoms, which is another reason why, like in your experience, you were diagnosed so late with PCOS, you know, for like almost, it sounds like almost 10 years, it's possible that you may have had PCOS and they didn't diagnose it. And so many people have experienced that one thing is like a very common factor is like not being diagnosed for so long. Yeah. And, and there was a lot of shame yeah. with that too, because I'm like, I have this cyst and like one of them like got infected and I was like, but I'm washed myself all the time. Right. Like, work it's out. just, and I was like, so I was, it was a virtual appointment. And I called, I'm like, this is so embarrassing. Like, I don't know why this is happening. I've never had a problem with acne and it was really shameful. And I feel like this is really hard for me to even talk. Like this is going to be recorded and people are going to hear this, Like, <laughs> but it was really embarrassing and shameful to be like, I have this cyst problem. And it's like, I, the, the doctor said that it might've been infected and it just, you know, and then it, obviously the medicine helped and, you know, but 
I would just keep having like similar problems, like parts of my body. And I'm like, what am I doing wrong? And then with the weight gain, what am I doing wrong? And there's a lot of like, I can't let shame control me. So Mm -hmm. I just, my problem was, is that I just said, okay, this is just something that I have to deal with right now for whatever Mm -hmm. reason God intended. And I'm not going to let it affect my mood. I'm not going to let it affect my emotions or my spirit. I'm just going to continue to be confident and just say, this is what's supposed to be happening right now, I guess. And if Mm -hmm. it's an issue, then I I know that I'm going to get a sign somewhere. The doctor's going to know the doc. I'm just going to trust my doctor to tell me this is what it is. And fortunately, because they only look at the one reason why you're there that day, they (laughs) say, they look at the cyst and they say, okay, well, um, it could be a breast tumor. It could be this, it could be that they don't look and say, okay, well, let's look at your history. So you have a cyst burst 15 years ago. Were you diagnosed with anything with that? What are since, you know, not one doctor is going to do that. They're just going to look at the symptom on its own. And that's my general doctor. He said, okay, well, your test clearly shows that you have mild depression and anxiety. And, um, that's not like, yes, you said that your grandmother passed, but you shouldn't have like um, guilt and shame that's associated with depression and, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. And, um, you shouldn't have like this feeling like you have a weight on your chest 24 seven with the anxiety and, you know, taking out the, the caffeine, obviously adjusting my thyroid levels, taking out the gluten and the dairy. Like I haven't had those problems at all since then. And yeah. when that's I, say, amazing. I know it's only been a few months, but when you've been suffering with stuff like that every day, your whole life, mm-hmm. and then people just don't know because you don't share that, you know, yeah. you're not going to share those things with everybody. And like, right. you just put a smile on and, you know, not that it brings you down. Cause you just don't let it bring you down. You just think like, okay, well, the doctor didn't seem worried about it. So I'm not going to be worried about it. Yeah. And that's one of the hardest parts for a lot of people as they go through for so many years, telling themselves it's going to be okay. I'll follow what the doctor says. They keep feeling worse, but they're still trying to, you know, stay happy. And like, it's a battle of like, dealing with the symptoms and trying to manage like your mental health at the same time. So, yeah. I mean, I just want to say shout out to Lacey for her, her recommending uh, yeah. us to you. Cause I'm so happy you're able to find us and like try to find these diet and lifestyle changes. Cause it always makes us so happy to, to hear. I mean, we hate to hear your, the experience you went through, but we, at least we're very happy to hear that you were able to find what worked for you, you know, through yeah. the help of your doctor, through the help of us. And that's just like, I think that's a, a beautiful ending to like, not ending, but it keeps going right. on. But it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful um, conclusion to, you know, like some of the things that you were going through. And I want to talk about my cycle too, for a second. My cycle is on time, if not a day early, it lasts three days. It's still slightly heavy and, but normal pain. And mm-hmm. I remember looking back thinking, how did I not drag myself to the hospital? How did yeah. I not do that? <laughs> and yeah, like it, my cycle is completely normal and I still have, um, and I, I noticed that like, at least I have a reason for it. Like I still have, like, I know that we have a cortisol dysregulation. So if I try workout, that's a little too hard and I get dizzy and I get stressed and I hold on to all that weight from the stress. I know that that's why, and I need to like, like I, you made a story the other day that I, um, I saved it. And you said, if you do a workout and you feel like you're meditating afterwards, then that's a PCOS friendly workout. And I was like, I Hell need yeah. to remember that forever because wow. even though I you do need to write, workouts, write that down. I share with the slow weighted workouts, sometimes I'll do, and I love mad fit on YouTube. I don't know if you've heard of mad fit, but mad fit has uh, I haven't. types of, um, oh, that's great. of workouts. And um, some of them are like, you know, apartment friendly. So there's no jumping or weights. Nice. Like that. And I'm like, man, I wish I had like a workout where they did the whole workout with me and took the, you know, and there's some that are on YouTube, but you guys have the best ones. And um, so what I'll do is I'll just watch you do it. And then I'll pause the video and then I'll repeat that. And at first I'm, I'm going to, I'll be honest at first it was frustrating. Cause I'm like, man, I wish there was a full video that we could do it together. But yeah. it's made me stop, take a break and go back and look and that's what I'm supposed to be doing so so much and it's like it's helped in so many ways like the reason why I actually went to an endocrinologist um well it's because I had my regular appointment but the reason why I brought up at my endocrinologist appointment all my um, menstruation issues that I was having because before I didn't was because we were actually planning on expanding our family last year Mm -hmm. 
And it was about this time last year. Um, I want to say it was maybe November, December, one of the burrs and um, (laughs) in the fall. And we were trying to conceive and we couldn't. We were like, this is weird. You know, with my first son, the first time we tried, it was one and done. And there he was. Mm -hmm. And it was just because I happened to come off birth control, like right before. Mm -hmm. Maybe I've heard that divine timing, whatever it was. But before I had my PCOS diagnosis, I had, again, the inconsistent periods, the painful periods. And I was using Ovia, the fertility tracker to help. And we had an early miscarriage and it was, oh, very, very, it was a very, very early miscarriage. It Aww. was like, I don't even think I would have been able to like go and get it detected, but I know it was a miscarriage because of the contractions and the pain. And um, mm-hmm. so after that, I was like, okay, something's wrong or maybe that happened for a reason and I'm supposed to know about it later. And I do feel like it happened for a reason and it helped me with a lot of perspective on things, but medical side of it, that experience led me to talk about it with my doctor. And if I hadn't, mm-hmm. she never would have said the words metabolic syndrome. AKA mm-hmm. US. Wow. So Interesting. Hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to, you know, the, with all the weight, just literally just dropping off of my body. <laughs> Hopefully oh, we'll be able to conceive soon. Um, we're not actively trying right now because I'm like, well, I finally figured it out. Yeah. That's the struggle. Yeah. I finally figured it out. Such and a struggle to get to that conclusion. I finally I figured it out. And now we and we wanted to expand our family. What do I do? Do I expand my family and then deal with the weight that comes and the hormone changes that comes with that? And I finally figured out my hormones. Well, do I, I think do that? Do I lose all the weight that I want to lose first? Mm-hmm. It's it's a big struggle for me. Yeah, it's definitely like just weighing what what you want to do, what your priorities are. But I think from one perspective, focusing on your health, focusing on your goals, just for a short period of time until you feel like you're happy with where you are, and then going to maybe wanting to expand your family afterwards, perhaps that could help with the process. And it can make it even easier after you after you give birth to kind of go back to where you were to just by finding that balance right now. But yeah, yeah it's... I don't know. Like, do you, I mean, I wouldn't change my diet when I, if I got pregnant, it would be, yeah. yeah. would the weight still fall off? Or I don't know. Do you know anybody who had the same situation as me where they got pregnant and they're still doing the gluten and dairy free thing? And how's that affects, affects their weight? Have you had that experience yet? It's really individual. I get a lot of DM, not a lot, but like, I've had a few DMS of people asking like what they should do. And I really, yeah, I really can't like give a recommendation for like what, or do you mean during birth or after? After, after. During during pregnancy for me is what I was. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, during, I mean, it's a personal choice. I would personally make the choice. Because it's like pregnancy has a different uh, necessity. Yeah, exactly. Pregnancy. Yeah. You need different nutrients. I I personally, I'm going to share what I would personally do. I would personally go gluten and dairy free or continue and continue. It. Sorry. Just because I know the effect it has on my hormones and I need to be in good shape to carry that baby. Yeah. Not just like weight. Like I'm talking about insulin levels, inflammation levels, things like that, because I'm going to give my uh, gut uh, microbiome to my baby. Yeah. And if I'm eating inflammatory foods, then that's going to be passed down too. If I have metabolic syndrome, it can be passed down too. So I'm going to maintain myself. Yeah. And for me, that's being gluten and dairy free I mean, and a m- bunch of other things. Not having gluten or dairy, I'm not sure what the baby will be missing besides like what calcium from the dairy, but no, there are get, so many no. other two tablespoons of chia seeds we'll get same amount calcium. of calcium as a cup of dairy so chia like i'm not sh- two tablespoons of what was that chia seeds chia seeds okay yeah and there's a lot of other, other foods that have calcium as yeah. well so like i'm not really sure what would be missing if you didn't have gluten exactly. and dairy but of course like for anyone if you're gluten and dairy and you get pregnant i think it's best to just consult with your doctor Make who's helping own. with your pregnancy and just be like hey i'm gluten and dairy free i want to continue doing my pregnancy do you see any issues? I mean, we don't think there would be any issues, but it's always best to work with the doctor. Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say what my doctor's name is. What? <laughs> my OBGYN, my first pregnancy. Um, I'm pretty sure that he was before we even like had an appointment. He sat me in his office and he was like, "Yeah, so when you're pregnant, you should take prenatals and this." And I was like, "Okay, well, I'm already taking those." And like, "Yeah, and you should take 
insert MLM shake here. And I was oh, like, wow. hey, not doing that. So that's why I was asking you because <laughs> I don't know if that's necessarily a trusted source. And yeah. I'm not going to change my doctors because I like them otherwise. But yeah. sure. um, they, just, they just told you to take a shake, basically, like, like a, like a non MLM like a, shake. It was all vegetables, but that's what I'm no shade to MLM, but that's what they all say. And then, yeah. then some, you know, sometime later you find out that that's not necessarily true. And I just yeah. don't want to add anything in extra into my body that I don't have to. I want to do it the natural yeah. way as in not, you know, you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're taking your prenate. I mean, you do what you feel is right. I just feel like if you want nutrition advice, you go to a dietitian. Yeah. You know, a dietitian should work with the doctor. They should come up with a conclusion yeah. together. And there are prenatal dietitians as yeah. well who can like really focus on yeah. that too. You know, I was worried about the the vitamin D. I didn't know about the chia seeds. I don't think I've had chia seeds before. So mm-hmm. I'm going to have to give the, what do you normally put those in? Dairy-free milk. It's like a boost. Because yeah. <laughs> dairy-free milk is like not like packed with nutrients or anything. You can also put in like anything. dairy-free yogurt or things like to make like chia seed pudding, mm-hmm. things like that. You could add it to it's a smoothie. Yeah, you could yeah. put it to smoothies. We do that sometimes because it has fiber as well. Fiber, protein. Texture to it, the chia seeds? Gelatinous, like, yeah, it adds a texture. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to get that a try in something else. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. give it a try. I don't have to get try. used to it. Before we go, we'd love to ask you, um, for anyone listening, you know, who has been newly diagnosed or who's going through PCOS right now, what word of inspiration could you give to them to help them, you know, keep going and help them to investigate their health? I would say to have patience. And try to be intuitive with your body. Mm -hmm. Uh, At first, I don't recommend this long-term because the reason why I stopped and started for so many years was with the calorie restriction and counting and things like that. But journaling, whether that means writing in a journal or taking a picture of yourself and the food you eat and just Mm -hmm. a couple of things and posting them on your social media. So you can look back and say, okay, I remember eating this and feeling this way. And it's really just self-reflection, having patience with that. And honestly, I know it sounds like you asked me to do this, but I didn't, you didn't like looking at your page every day. Like oh, it, it, really does, it really does help in ways Aww. that like you might not realize. And amazing, it's so encouraging. And I have not met, and I've, you know, I looked up PCOS stuff before my friend sent you your information and there's just, even with pe- people who are PCOS focused on their social media and PCOS dietitians, nobody is as all conclusive as you guys are because you're PCOS dietitian and is is that the correct word dietitian and a PCOS fitness instructor. So like both of those working together, there could not be a better team. There could not be a better. (laughs) Uh, That's so sweet. It helps. It helps me so much. And I think for me personally, everybody has their own way, but being vulnerable and taking pictures of the food I was eating and say, okay, like I don't do that now. I don't need to, but at the beginning I did because I would say, okay, is this a food that I would be proud of sharing? That was kind of like what I was going at. Like, oh, I'm like mm-hmm. so proud of this. I'm eating these salads and I have these protein. But then I look back after like thinking, okay, like my stomach was still hurting and all this stuff. And I didn't realize that was something to look out for until I kept watching your page and you were telling me all the symptoms to look out for. So like my personal journal helped me realize those things and helped me eliminate. And you gave so many good ideas of things to do. And, um, you know, over time, I just honestly, like, I don't crave, I don't crave any of those things anymore that I would Mm -hmm. crave before. And it's just so natural just to wake up and drink my protein shake and maybe have breakfast with that and then have leftovers for dinner. And then maybe I'll have a snack during the day, but the snacks that you guys suggested are so healthy that I don't really crave any other snacks. Like, yeah. Yeah, there are some things that are gluten-free, like, and I'm not going to name any brands, but there is some gluten-free popcorn out there. But <laughs> if I have that, there's something in that that makes me want to have the whole bag. So yeah, I don't. It's just empty carbs most of the yeah. time. It doesn't so have I, like protein or healthy fats. Even even though it's low calories, it makes me want, and I don't want to have that. I didn't realize that that's not something I was supposed to be happening in my body. And so I think you had um, mentioned like bark thins and you know like little things like that where I was yeah. like oh I can have like one or two of these if I have a craving for chocolate and not crave anymore and it yeah satisfies it just, craving, so it just like a, a bit of adjustment replacing some foods with this over time and then you finally have like a complete repertoire and like yes. you're in your pantry to like exactly what you want and you have to try five different five 
those cream cheeses before you find the one that right weird yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like, i know what you mean like, your cream cheese shouldn't smell like a foot it should smell like cream cheese and it's yeah it's, it's just like to you everybody's different like somebody could be like yeah oh, i really like that but like for me like it shouldn't smell like repulsive to me sure <laughs> sure to- totally smell good to me it should taste good and totally. so if I had to try four different cream cheeses before I was like yuck 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 but I didn't stop because you kept showing me keep going keep trying that's what yeah. one thing that people don't do is they say oh just switch to gluten and dairy free but they don't say hey that's gonna be hard to do yeah. you're gonna yeah, have sure. to go through 20 you know it could be one brand and you find it and you like it and you're done I got lucky with that for my for the bagel that I wanted but with the cream cheese, it took me four different types of cream yeah. cheese. It, yeah, that's like, the I, truth. I don't like chickpea pasta personally for myself, but I like the corn pasta. That's nice. The gluten-free. So having that really helped me so much because you find that I'm not missing out. And with mm-hmm. calorie restrictions, you're, you're not just only missing out. As you know, your body lacks the nutrition to be able to function and makes your yeah. metabolism slower it destroys your metabolism yeah. and mm-hmm. it gives you i don't know maybe I, I think i had pcs already but sometimes i think like well maybe that calorie restriction triggered something in me that's probably not true but it's just you guys have entirely changed my life and oh, thank you thank you and you're so welcome i wish that i could be more loquacious and more distinct but it's really hard to oh, pin you are exact because it's it I feel like I'm being kind of vague about it but you guys really have changed my life like I could not I'm just so grateful I wish I met you when I was 15 and (laughs) like I wish I met you before I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression I wish I met you before I had my first child so that my child would like you said have the natural development that he deserves you know and we're gonna have to work on that and hopefully you know he's a boy so it'll be okay yeah but I could look back and say, I regret, but I think that everything happens for a reason. And I think, exactly. yeah, exactly. Even, you know, as I know, I'm, I, I kind of overshared a little bit, but I honestly feel like oversharing at this point is probably the best thing to do, no matter how, like somebody listened to it about some of the symptoms that I had might've been deterred by it and be like, Oh, that's too much. Maybe I should stop listening. But other no, people no, been no. like, wait a minute, I have that. And then they might be like, Oh, maybe CNAC and Taylene are saying this for a reason and I should yeah. actually do it. And, you know, cause I kept telling everybody around me to follow you guys. <laughs> nobody, like nobody followed the gluten and dairy free regimen until they saw me lose 20 pounds until they saw yeah. me lose 30 pounds. They're, they're like, like, Oh, they're like, okay, I'm going to need, you know, I'm going to need, I'm going to need your recommendations now. Yeah. Just the proof, the proof is in the dairy free pudding. as Tony likes <laughs> That's to say. what I'm saying. <laughs> that's awesome awesome it's gonna keep falling off and i'm gonna keep feeling good and i just know that and it's not something i because i put in the work to find what i like it's not work yeah yeah it's part of the lifestyle that you're enjoying just a forever thing i don't have to think about it it's just something that's natural yeah it it limits my ability to go to restaurants but most restaurants have some sort of yeah yeah if not all yeah yeah Yeah. most a lot of of them have gluten-free on the menu too you just have to look for it you just have to some now some places have like a whole gluten-free separate menu that you can look at like where they're the last week they just brought a separate menu for gluten-free items like mm-hmm. it's yeah. it's spreading and now trader joe's has like a whole aisle for gluten-free items it's it's spreading and it'll make it easier eventually for everyone who's going gluten dairy free but it's just part of the process to yeah. find those things yeah and well, i really wish that the pizza places would get on the, the, the dairy free because they all have I know. the gluten-free bread <laughs> none i mean the local ones will will do that but yeah like, yeah you know, I think Domino's has gluten free, but they don't have. Yeah, gluten-free. not I that know. I should yeah. that anyways. But it makes it. Oh, I mean, it's good to have it. Have it's more fun. Yeah, it's, it's fun. fun yeah. yeah, I feel like if you're gonna do gluten free, and if, if you own a place and you you have gluten free, try the try the dairy free. There's so many good substitutes out there that like, and your your you know your customers will only increase yeah. doing that. <laughs> absolutely well well heather yeah thank you so much for the kind words you had for us we really appreciate that makes us very happy to know that we're helping in those kinds of ways because that's the whole point of our page our podcast everything my heart is so full of gratitude you thank uh, you it's 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 so hard to express how full of gratitude that i am and i hope that um because i know i didn't go over a lot of the things in the podcast but Oh, we covered a lot. So if, well, you, it's all if, good. if you're missing some things, you go, go back and watch that live and watch some of yeah. the other 
human because you know my experience might, might not be like yours but they have lives with other sisters if for anyone interested if you go to our instagram page pcus.weightloss you'll see that uh, ig live that we posted there with heather so you can watch that as well in addition to this and heather will also put your instagram onto the podcast description if you're okay with that so if anyone has any questions or anything you can go to heather's page and ask her and yeah oh yeah i've had people message me about because one of the things i talked about was the brands that i liked and i've had mm-hmm. people message yeah. me about that so if you want to awesome. message me it's at medium heather marie so you can definitely message me that i, I have plenty of recommendations for you. And I, I get, so, I'm so excited when people ask me about that. Cause I'm like, yay. Like just having yeah. other people feel better and just make yeah. it awesome. Absolutely. Well, this episode will definitely help a lot of sisters feel better. So yeah. thank you so much for coming on Heather. It was such a pleasure having you. We appreciate all your kind words. Yeah. And, and all the ins- inspiration yeah. for all the sisters listening. It's I think going to do be so helpful for the community. Yeah. yeah. Thanks yeah. Thank so much. For, thank you for changing my life. Oh. Uh, you're, you're very welcome. And it was all, all credit goes to you, honestly. Right. Thank you everyone for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, take care. Bye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come check out The Sisterhood. It's my monthly membership site where sisters just like you are learning how to move through the stages of PCOS. From stage one, cold and alone at the doctor's office, to stage five, nailing the PCOS lifestyle, gluten and dairy free. Get ready to finally feel in control of your body again.